Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. What we do is you can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My mom and I rise by, and I'm on your way go. We invaded airwaves. Hold up, why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves right now because we have a very action-packed show to get to. First off, I know we were gone for a couple of weeks, so my sincere apologies. Um, you know, when life hits, you got to adjust the situations at hand. But nonetheless, we are back on the air tonight. Later on around the 845 mark, I have one half of the podcast known as Damsel in the Six, who goes by the name of Danica S. Nelson, a.k.a. Danny. She will be live in studio with me. We're going to talk about a myriad of different topics, which include Challenge Gambino, Kendrick Lamar, and a whole bunch of other stuff in between. But before we get to all of that, you guys already know that I have a few things to uh, get off my chest, so to speak. So with that being said, I think it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe! Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, as you guys already know, the NBA is well into effect when it comes to the playoffs. It is the conference finals. Two very good series that are going down as we speak. So, we have Boston versus Cleveland Cavaliers, which is going down tonight, game six. And uh, Boston's up three to two. So, we'll see if LeBron James can have another epic game where he kind of digs deep and uh, pulls out his team from the trenches, so to speak. And then, of course, we have Golden State Warriors versus the Houston Rockets. Um, they played an amazing game last night, and and Rockets are up 3-2 to two right now. Now, I wanted to bring up the Golden State Warriors in particular because I've noticed ever since their reign as NBA champs or contenders at the very least, they've been getting a lot of hate lately. And I can understand with the addition of Kevin Durant that hate would also intensify because, you know, he didn't need to be on the team. Like, we all know how the story went. But here's my thing right here, and I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this but i don't care you guys already know how i operate here's my thing when it comes to the golden state warriors i feel like for the most part i can't say everyone but at least for the most part the people who hate on the warriors the most are lakers fans now you're probably thinking to yourselves hmm, i don't know dan i don't know you oh that's a wild accusation you're throwing out hear me out hear me out i feel like Whenever it's somebody who does not like the Warriors at all for whatever reason, I always find out or I already know ahead of time that they're a Lakers fan. And I find that ironic because of the fact that everything the Golden State Warriors represent right now, the Lakers have done their entire existence as an NBA franchise. Let's break it down, shall we? First and foremost, they've both acquired superstar talent, whether it's through free agency or trades. That's one. Um, they've been a dynasty. That's another one. Um, they have a- attracted a wide fan base, which includes your average folk and also celebrities as well. I mean, is there anything else that we're missing? Like, it's almost like two tales of the same tape, so to speak. So my thing is, why hate on a team 
that's currently doing what you've been doing for the longest time. And now everyone wants to, will probably want to get into semantics. Well, well, no, we did it this way, and then they do it this way. It's totally wrong. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's nothing wrong at all. Like, what they've done before is what you guys have done in the past as well. Like you've acquired a superstar talent like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like Wilt Chamberlain, regardless of what phase of their careers they're in. Like those are big names that helped you win those titles. You've had the superstar talent like a Magic Johnson or like a Steph Curry. Like they've had that. And then, of course, you guys have had the fan base that includes the celebrities. So why hate on someone for taking your blueprint but then almost perfecting it and I don't want to say better or anything like that, but they've using the blueprint nonetheless. I think the main difference between the two teams is that with the Golden State Warriors, they haven't really had the luxury of having big-name superstars come to their team. They've always had to build through the draft. And outside of Kevin Durant, for the last 10 years, they've been building through the draft. It's not like they just got Steph Curry out of nowhere. They drafted him in 2009. And then they drafted Klay Thompson the following year. They drafted Draymond uh, Green. That's their core. And then they surrounded the core with veteran talent, like a Sean Livingston, like an Andre Iguodala, and so on and so forth. Whereas with the Lakers, they still have the privilege of still being in the background of free agency talks when it comes to acquiring superstar talent like Paul George, like Demarcus Cousins, like LeBron James, despite the fact that they haven't had a winning season in six years. They still have the benefit of the doubt to still be able to attract big-name stars because it's L.A., it's Tinseltown, it's Lakers dynasty. You know, you got to be honored and privileged to wear the purple and gold. Like, And that's another reason why I don't like the Lakers because of this – this mentality or this this cult-like mentality that they've built for decades upon decades as if it's a privilege to play for the purple and gold. No, it's a privilege to play in the NBA in general because you're making millions of dollars that people will kill and dream for to be making at their own jobs. It shouldn't be that much more great because you're a Laker. Like, And I get it. Like, You've won the second most titles in NBA history. I understand that. But at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't end up playing for the Lakers, they can just play for another team. Their NBA career isn't over. And I just hate this fact that when it comes to the Lakers, it's all about it's all about their brand before the individual, the player as an individual, basically. And if somebody doesn't want to play for the Lakers and they dare voice that out, then the amount of times I've heard former players speak or executives uh, at the Lakers front office speak about, oh, this guy isn't made out of Lakers stuff. Like, get out of here with that. Like, it's so pretentious of a mindset to have that I just don't agree with it. And I just don't agree with the fact that a lot of people still buy into the Lakers hype because of legacies that they weren't even around for. I mean, most Lakers fans, if you ask them, were probably only around during the Kobe and Shaq era. They don't even remember the Magic Johnson era. They probably don't even know who George Mikan is. Tell them to Google that, and they'll be like, oh, my God. So at the end of the day, hating on the Warriors because of what the Lakers have done in the past doesn't make sense to me because, to me, it kind of comes across as contradictory. So you hate them because they're able to sign a free agent in Kevin Durant. Well, that's what you're supposed to do as an NBA team. You're supposed to free up your cap space so you can get the most desirable free agent possible. Isn't that what you guys have been trying to do for the last few years? Wasn't it Michael or sorry, Magic Johnson who basically flat out said that he was going to try and sign Paul George on national television and the guy's dumbass fined for it the day after? So, like, what's the difference? Oh, because it's not happening to you guys? You guys want to hate? I don't know. You guys could sound a little suspect to me if you ask me when it comes to that. 
But then, I'm, of course, I'm going to have people say I'm wrong or you don't know what you're talking about or you're just painting a broad brush, et cetera, et cetera. And that may very well be true, but I did preface before this rant saying that there is definitely a portion or a contingency of Lakers fans who hate the Warriors, and it's for that reason. But they'll never admit that reason because that would make them a hypocrite based on the history of the Lakers franchise. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying call a spade a spade. You can hate the Warriors because they're in your division. You can hate them because you don't like Draymond Green. You, you can hate them for a multitude of reasons. But if you hate them for the fact that they built up their team to to the point where they're now a dynasty in the making or because of the fact that they signed a big free agent, something that you guys have done for decades now, then I'm sorry, but you sound like a clear-cut hater in my eyes. That's all I'm saying. You can agree. You can disagree. It's all good either way. That's just something that I wanted to point out. But what do you guys think? Do you agree with that analysis? Do you disagree with that analysis? As always, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio on multiple platforms to share your thoughts. Coming up after the break, I have my guest of the evening who goes by the name of Danica S. Nelson, a.k.a. Danny. She is one half of Damsel in the Six podcast. We will have her after the commercial break, but we got to get to some music. So this one comes by way of my man, Big Crit, and it's called Mixed Messages, and it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. And as promised, I have my guest for the evening. Now, you guys already know that I love to discuss anything and everything when it comes to sports, music, pop culture with another fellow podcast or radio host, basically. And I always love to not only do that, but I always love to converse with people who are of color because we can talk about certain topics that resonate with us. And I like to talk about it with people of the opposite sex as well because I can get their perspective as well and find out if it's any different from mine. And if it is, then we can kind of go back and forth on that and see where we go as far as a resolution or even a standstill. Either way, it makes for great conversation. And I love what this young woman has done with her podcast along with her co-host as well. They've created a platform for women to speak on. Uh, women's issues and also things in general that both men and women can relate to, but they just deliver from the from the women's uh, perspective. And I love every single second of it, ladies and gentlemen. This lady goes by the name of Danica S. Nelson, aka Danny of Damsel in the Six. Hey, hello! Thank you for having me, Danica. By the way, Danica, Danica. <laughs> pardon me, pardon me. Was was I saying Danica at first? Yes. Okay, Danica. Pardon me. Pardon me. All right. We got two Dannys in the building. I love it. <laughs> but how are you feeling today? How are you feeling? Amazing. The weather is beautiful. It's starting to feel like summer in the city. Right, right, right. That's what I love as well. Now, Danique, I'm going to ask you one thing. If you want to come in just a little oh, bit closer, sure. that way we can hear your beautiful voice. Okay. There we go. Yes, the levels are loving it. All right. <laughs> so let's get started. Um, Damsel in the Six. How did that come about? Yeah, so it started with uh, me and my co-founder, Nish. Shout-outs to Nish. Hey. Um, it started with us, you know, meeting with people and being proud of our accomplishments and, you know, proud of things that we have accomplished in our lives. Right. And people would be like, okay, but are you married? Or, you know, you know, what's, where, when are you having children or something like that? Right. And, you know, there's always this kind of underlying notion that women who are unmarried are damsels in distress. Mm -hmm. So we decided to kind of redefine that and kind of 
switch it around to make a damsel in the six. We both yeah. live in Toronto, and that's exactly what we are. Absolutely. And, like, one thing that, like, kind of peeves me as well is just societal constructs. Like, if you're not of a certain age, then you're doing – or, no, if you're not doing something up by the time you're of a certain age, then you're doing something wrong or what have you. So I'm guessing that's kind of, like, one of the themes that you guys kind of discuss on, on your podcast as well at, on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you're mid-20s. You should be at this point in your career. Right. You should be at this point in a relationship and right. have this many children. A lot of expectations mm-hmm. where, you know, everyone's on their own individual life path. And right. We can't dictate, you know, what people should have accomplished by an age. Like, that's just a number. Right, exactly. And do you normally hear those expectations from an, from the older generation or even people within our generation? I think it's a bit of both. Definitely from the older generation. Sure, because, yeah. you know, that's what they've been brought up with. Right. That's what they're familiar <laughs> with. But even sometimes coming from our own peers, you know, there's right. this expectation that you should have accomplished something when... That's not my life path. That's not the way that it should go for me. Exactly. And I feel like sometimes it is a combination of the older generation, like, pumping these ideas in your head. Like, my dad will always be like, hey, why don't you have a girlfriend? You're a young man. You need to have a girlfriend and all that. But then at the same time, like, you hear from media as well. It's like, you know, did you buy her the ring that she deserves? Make sure you get that ring now. Or it's just like, yeah, you should be a homeowner by the time you're 25. And it's like, whoa, I was graduating from by the time I was 25. And, like, you look at different things like the housing markets and, like, the cost of living etc etc and like you realize that you can't live up to these expectations but sometimes people go go above and beyond to even try to get close to that and by the time they realize that like there may be some sort of financial crisis or something of the sort so like i feel like it's up to us to kind of battling ASOS norms and just live our lives the way we so choose basically exactly everyone is on their own individual life path and Mm -hmm. your life is what you make it exactly as long as you make it worth living then that's all anyone can ever ask of you and like sometimes it might even be envious that you dare to be bold so to speak and just go against the grain in that in that regard so um and i feel like your podcast does a very good job of that so thank you yeah absolutely absolutely now how important is it uh for you and niche you know two women of color to have this type of platform um, in the city or just at all in general? It's super important. Um, it gives us the opportunity to share the things that we've learned along the way mm-hmm. and hopefully empower other women to, you know, learn from, learn from some of our mistakes right. or whatever it is. We feel like we've, you know, I guess acquired some gems along the way of yeah. trying to figure out our life path exactly. and sharing those with other women is super important to us. Absolutely. I always believe that progress is a process, right? So each one teach one at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, now, one of the topics that you, you've discussed is wealth management. And we were just kind of, you know, going on a little bit of a rant about that just now, basically. Um, now, in your opinion, do you feel like that's something that should have been taught in school, like back in the day, like in high school? Or is it better that we just kind of learned upon it, you know, through trial and error? No. (laughs) Absolutely should have been taught in high school. Um, You know, especially in Toronto, like we are in a crisis. It's becoming like next to impossible to be able to afford to live in the city. Right. Like it's definitely something that should have been taught because, you know, once you've ruined your credit or once your credit is in a bad place, it's really hard to turn that around. Exactly. Like the rebound period is extremely tough. Like sometimes you may have to even switch your bank in order to even like have somewhat of a good head start or a refresh, so to speak. Um, And yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. I remember there was one particular time during the 11th grade where we did learn about 
uh, uh, finances and what have you. And I'm like, okay, this is the first time I've actually enjoyed math. Yeah. Like, I don't have to learn about integers and, and, like, and calculus and all that. So I feel like it's something that really should be implemented going forward ad nauseum because these are life skills that you're going to have to learn about. I mean, if you're able to teach, like, home ec in high school, then you should be able to teach, you know, economics, you know, to the point where we're, we'll be self-sufficient so that we're not drowning in debt and, and all that. That's why, you know, you have the older generation be like, oh, well, I did it. Why can't you? It's just like yeah. things were different. You know, things were a lot less costly. Yeah, things were different, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading a lot of articles saying that the minimum amounts that you can live off comfortably in Toronto is yeah. like 65 grand. Like yeah, that's what I heard too. And it just keeps growing and growing. Yeah, and it just it's just because of the fact that it comes to location, 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 right? And especially when Toronto as a city is getting more popular as the day goes by, whether it's through its arts scene or the sports, recreation, et cetera, et cetera, then that's just going to drive up the market value because people are going to say, oh, well, this person lives here and that person lives here. You know, this has a view by the lake or whatever. That's just, we're going to jack it up by another 10 grand. So it's almost not fair. Like, I'm surprised there are people who are still living in the city right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, can we just exile somewhere until all the prices go down? <laughs> I feel I feel like every citizen in Toronto should just like have like a strike where they just move out and just jettison themselves away, and then the mayor will be like, okay, okay, guys, 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 let's let's come back, <laughs> let, let, let's think about this rationally. We'll cut you a deal. <laughs> That's what we need for sure. I know, right? Just like just like a strike or a union or something like that. Yeah, all just mesh together. <laughs> Absolutely. Now another topic that you guys really dive into is dating, and like this is where like I got like really engaged on the show because I'm always curious to hear from the the women's perspective as well. Um, one of the things that you that you've advocated is for women to take charge so don't just be the the girl sitting at the bar hoping for the guy to, to approach you like actually approach the guy if you're interested in him or you know dare i say slide into the dms or what have you <laughs> so like what, what's your what's your personal take on that i am a huge advocate for sliding into the dms hey <laughs> <laughs> if you are interested and you know Maybe there is some interest. You see some mutual interest growing. Yeah. And dude is taking too long. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Exactly. The worst that can happen is he says no and he curves you. But yeah. Exactly. You see, see, I'm glad you said this, like, <laughs> just as a woman, because, like, for me, I sound like a hater if I say something like that. Now, I've been saying it for years as well. Like, there's no shame in going up to a guy. And if he curves you, even especially if he respectfully curves you, like, that's all you got to take. Just take the L and keep it moving, right? Because... As, as guys, like, we have to face rejection, like, nine out of ten times if, if we want to go up to a girl. And we can have, like, the most cleanest, smoothest approach, but if she says no, then game over, right? Sure. But some women, they, they don't empathize with that. It's like, oh, you're just not trying hard enough. I'm, I'm sorry, have you ever tried? Have you ever slid into DMs? Have ever you had the approach? Have you ever bought a drink for a guy? So it's just, like, it's those things that some women just don't understand. But there are some women that do understand and do empathize with that. And I kind of give my respect to more towards the women who actually just go out and take that charge. Like even if a woman comes up to me and I'm not interested, I'm not gonna rudely curve or whatever. I'll just be like, no, sorry, I'm not interested, or whatever the case may be. But I'll give her her respect for trying because at the end of the day, it takes guts to do that. And so for another woman to kind of empathize and be like, hey, you know what? This is what guys go through like in the in the dating scene because women have more control in the dating scene. Like let, let's be honest, I feel like they have more control because. 
they can dictate whether or not they want to go on a date with this person or even give them a phone number at the very least. That, that's why I believe. I will say, though, on the flip side, mm-hmm. I find that some men are very uncomfortable with women sliding into DMs. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I've been told that, oh, I feel emasculated by, you, you know, you making the first move oh, or you paying boy. the bill or something like that. So that is another problematic. Listen, those <laughs> dudes need to calm down <laughs> they they need to you know like loosen up their grip on on their testicular fortitude for a moment and just chill out i i get it like if a girl comes up to a guy like sometimes the guy may be caught off guard like i've been caught off guard before because i'm just like oh this is a pleasant surprise you mean i didn't have to make the first move i, I like where this is going okay but i don't feel like guys should see that should see that as a form of emasculation if a woman makes the first approach or if she pays for the date or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I just put your ego to the side. Like, at the end of the day, both men and women, we have ego, but as long as we can put it to the side for even a moment, then we can see how much more refreshing the dating scene can be. And, like, I feel like some people just don't have the concept of that, to be honest. I agree. I think it's all about, you know, balance and equality. Yes. Like, if people looked at relationships like that, the ter- well, the dating scene in general, but especially the Toronto dating yeah. scene, would be a lot friendlier. <laughs> it would be. It would be. And, like, it, I, I, I totally agree 100%. I just feel like people don't understand that when it comes to equality, it goes both ways. Like, you, you can't just call upon equality when it best fits your narrative because then it defeats the whole purpose and the concept of equality. It becomes inequality at that point, something that you claim to be fighting for, but now you're fighting against it because you're only using it as a trump card, so to speak. So that's what I've noticed with with some people, not not just women, but just people in general, like men too, what have you. And I feel like people just need to let that go. I agree. Everything would just, the world would be such a better place. It would. We'd be breathing (laughs) clean air. We'd be in Wakanda. Like, it would be amazing. (laughs) Now, as well as you know, um, dating around and seeing what else is out there, you've also talked about maintaining your singleness, so to speak. So that's for people who are in a relationship who want to kind of maintain their own individual identity, so to speak. Like, how important is that to you if you're in a relationship? I think it's super important because, you know, at the end of the day, you're your own person. Mm -hmm. While, yes, you are going to be in a relationship with someone, you need to have boundaries. You need to have your own group of friends. You need to have your own life because, you know, yeah, it sucks. If if you guys break up, then, you know, what are you going back to at the end of the day if you've amalgamated all of your friends and all of your activities that you do? So this was uh, Nisha's segment. She's, like, a huge uh, advocate of this. But I totally agree. Like, you need to have your own independence in order right. to keep yourself happy. And was Nisha the one who was currently in a relationship who was who was no, dating? No, not currently, but yeah. she is an advocate for it. Oh, okay. She, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm an advocate for it as well because at the end of the day, like you need to, even though like you are a union, you're coming together, you're bringing a little something to the table on each end. You still have to keep a bit of yourself to yourself like one personal example of that is privacy basically so of course you're going to share information with another you're going to tell each other your deepest darkest secrets to confide in one another but at the same time it can be something as simple as like your email account basically like at the end of the day unless if you guys have a joint email account then like it would be best for both parts to have their own individual emails right unless if one or the other says hey that's my password to it um, I need you to look for something or something like that, right? But if that's your own, then like I feel like that privacy should be respected, in my opinion. I agree. I feel like you should be, in a relationship, you should be individuals together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ooh, I like that. <laughs> I am 
like that. I, ooh, can I take that? Yes. I like that. You should be ooh, out here dropping bars right now. I love it. Are you sure you're not an artist? Right. Dollars. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. D Dollars. That's what's up. Okay. That is amazing. You know what? With that said, the mood has uh, been a bit lightened now as if it wasn't already before. So with that being said, we're going to go to the games portion of the show, okay? okay? So I like to play some games with the guests, you know, to make sure that, you know, they're feeling comfortable. Let the audience know at home what kind of personality they're working with and what have you. So the first game I have on deck is called Cool or Uncool, and it goes a little something like this. So as you can hear in the background, those are the wonderful sounds of a group called Diggable Planets. And in 1995, they had a record called Return of the Cool, a.k.a. Cool Like That. So basically, here's how this game goes. I'm going to give you a list of scenarios. And simply put, you're going to tell me if they're cool or if they're uncool. And, you know, feel free to add some explanation as to why you feel they're cool or uncool. So, Danica, are you cool with this? Song? No, no, no the, the game. Oh, I mean, the okay, game. Okay, yes, you're I cool. Okay, okay. All right, dope. All right, here we go. I got scared for a minute. I was like, why is she looking at me like that for so hard? I was like, did I, did I say something wrong? Yeah. No, cool All right, it. excellent. Cool. So let's get it. Um, summertime in uh, Toronto. Cool or uncool? Cool. All right. What's what's the coolest thing you like about Toronto in the summertime? Uh, ending my hibernation period and actually going outside there and not, go. you know, hating the weather. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more, actually. Um, festivals in the city, cool or uncool? Uncool. Overrated. Really? Oh. Yeah. I was not expecting that answer. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what's one festival you went to that was just like a deal breaker for you? They just made you say, uncool the festivals. OVO Fest, that counts as a festival, It does, right? it does. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I think just the of the tickets, the amount of people yeah. that are there. Last time I went, it was the year where they had like the torrential downpour and the thunderstorm. Ooh. Just a mess. And just overall, I feel like even food festivals, super crowded, right. overpopulated. You know what? I don't mind food festivals because I love food in general, right? Like it's kind of like a catch 22. But I do remember when I went to Taste of the Danforth a few years ago. It was an okay experience for me. Like, I didn't mind the food and, like, the people. I was expecting it. But just the fact that, like, you had to wait in line for so long when you were so hungry. Because I didn't eat anything before then, right? Because I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be food all around. But then the lineups, I'm just like, okay. Maybe I should have eaten, like, a little bit at least. Like, it, it almost got so bad to a point where, like, I saw Popeye's, right? Like, in the area. I'm just like, yo, I'm so tempted to get that. And my boy's like, no, Daniel, don't. You're ruining the whole thing. I was like, in the lines, though, I'm hungry. Yeah, no, I agree. I get hangry. I do not like waiting. Yeah, yeah, like I, I got to that point. I was like, Hulk smash. <laughs> that was me at that point. Uh, let's keep it moving. Oh, speaking of Hulk, actually, uh, comic book movies, cool or uncool? Uncool, unless it's Black Panther. Okay. <laughs> so I guess Black Panther is cool then. Yes. All right. Okay. Was it the first comic book movie you've seen or like the first one in a long time, I should say? The first one in a long time. The okay. first one that I felt was actually meaningful to my life. Right, right, right. So, like, it's not really, like, your, your lane or realm, I no. guess, right? Eh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. What was the one thing you liked about Black Panther the most, actually? B besides the black people. Like, that, that's uh, an obvious one. I was literally about to say the yeah, black people. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Like, we, we know. Like. Um, the soundtrack was amazing. Okay. The music that accompanied it, like, yeah. perfect. Spot it, on. It was. It was. Funny fact, actually, the guy who created, like, the, the score for the whole movie was this guy named Ludwig Goransson. So, he's a Swedish composer, actually. And you, you watch, okay, yes. Yeah, he's, he's done work with Ryan Coogler before, as well as Childish Gambino, which is really cool. So I thought that was dope. 
Um, let's see here. Ooh, okay. Um, I, I, I think I think I know the answer to this because we kind of discussed this. Um, paying for the first date, cool or uncool? Splitting the bill. Splitting the bill. Okay, so I, I half cool, half uncool. Right. Fair enough. I, I I'll I'll agree with you on that still because I don't like that pressure of who has to pay for the first date and I, I hate that like that gets me gets me so anxious in a negative awkward way it's so really fun. awkward it's like so, so is she gonna grab out her wallet what's gonna like yeah. let, let's just split you know what I mean and even at that point the first date in my opinion it doesn't have to be something super extravagant it can just be something like going to like a cafe or something like that just getting to know people right because if you go to, to like a restaurant your food's gonna get cold as you do the whole conversation I think there may be too many people some places have like loud blaring music so you may, may not be able to hear people properly so yeah just doing something small in my opinion that way there's less pressure about who pays for a first date and also just splitting it it's, it's equal so at the end of the day it's like if you're not really feeling that person's vibe you can just go your separate ways after that and it won't exactly. be awkward right that's the key you can just leave and exactly yeah. it's like well thank you you know um <laughs> Won't work out, but hey, you know, it was nice talking to you. Yep. We could probably network at some point in time, potentially. <laughs> All right, then. That, that's that's the, at least, like, the, the downfall of it. But the upside of it is, hey, you're really cool to hang out with. Let's do something else sometime, right? But Agreed. Exactly. Now we have another game. that and This game is so near and dear to my heart. This one is called I'd Quit the Game. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. All right. Now, in this game, you are in an alternate universe where you are the eligible bachelorette, all right? Okay. So you are wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Okay. But there comes a point in time in everyone's life, man or woman, that they've got to quit the game. So they got to settle down, have kids, move into the white home with the white picket fence, with the tire swing, <laughs> apple pie cool on the windowsill, wow. Spud McKenzie looking dog. <laughs> <laughs> If you had to quit the game for one of these two gentlemen that I've handpicked for you, who would you quit the game for? And I feel like this is fitting because we were just talking about Black Panther. But would you quit the game for Chadwick Boseman or Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I knew that. I, no. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I just There's had a, no thought. There's no thought at all. Eh? Why, so, why, so why Michael B. Jordan? Though? I'm curious. Michael G. Michael B. Jordan is Bay. Okay. Um, okay. I love his nerdy side. I love that he's into anime. I love it too. I, I I was not expecting. I was like, oh, okay. So you're not a jock. Then you're just you're like a nerd undercover as well. I love it. And not like the entry level anime is like Dragon Ball Z, but like yeah, some deep, like he knows his. Yeah, stuff, he knows his so. stuff. Like I th I think I heard him talk talking about Attack on Titan and all that stuff. I'm yeah. like. Oh, oh, hold on. Like, I was already a fan of you before. Like, you had me at Wallace, but, and you had me even more at Creed, but now you're getting me with this. Okay. Like, like he's actually in it. So I love it. And he just seems like he has a good personality and, like, he's right. a good dude in general. Yeah, and, like, he doesn't have an ego about himself either. Like, that's why I really, really fancy about him the most as a person. Like, I heard about that one story where he was doing some sort of shoot at, at a university, and one of the girls uh, DM'd him, you know, sliding in the DMs, right? Mm. And talking about, oh, can we take pictures of you or something like that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, meet me at this area, whatever. And then you just took pictures of them. Like you know, I thought that was really dope of him because some stories would be like, you know, talk to my agent or whatever, right? But yeah. no, nah, like it was really cool of him that he was able to connect with the people and all that. Speaking of anime, like are you a big anime head, head then? Like is a little bit. A little I bit recently started going back. Like I was definitely growing up. Okay. I've definitely started getting back into like my Inuyasha. Hey, episodes, that was so. my show when yeah. I was in, like grade ten. I <laughs> love that show. Yeah. Like my like the latest anime I've watched is One Punch Man. That's the latest one I watched because okay. I kept I kept hearing so much about it. I'm like, okay, let me see what it's about. And I like the fact that it's a spoof, or whatever. Um, I haven't gotten to Attack on Titan yet, but I really want to get into that. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious to see like what else is out there because like the last one I was really into was Naruto because like the storyline was solid. Yeah. Like never mind 
the action action was dope, but the storyline was solid. So I want to see what else is out there. But yeah, that's Death Note is really good too. So which one? Death Note. Oh, Death. Yeah. You know what? Like, like I'm really hesitant about like those slasher ones because like I know anime loves to go overboard when it comes to like like the the the, the gore and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, so like I'm really like I'm kind of like tiptoeing around that one for now. But like once I you know summon up the courage to uh, get yeah. in on that, I probably will. <laughs> I did it in like a weekend. Yeah, so. in a weekend. Nice, nice. <laughs> Oh, man, we could talk about anime all day, but we got one other commercial break to get to. So, ladies and gentlemen, I still have Danica S. Nelson Studio, a.k.a. Danny from Damsel in the Six. So, when we come back, we will have some more things to discuss over. But for now, this one record is from my man, Jadena, and it's called Chief Don't Run, and it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still have the lovely and talented Danica S. Nelson in the studio. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, we were just kind of geeking out during the commercial break. You got to love it. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're going to keep things moving, all right? So we are at that point where we are going to go into trip talks. That's three topics, and let's get to it. So the first topic on deck, we got to talk about my man Kendrick Lamar, okay? So recently he made news because he was doing a concert in Alabama. And basically he brought a white girl on stage to sing a song with them. <laughs> so the song that he chose of all songs was Mad City, all right? So for anyone who remembers how that song sounds, the chorus alone <laughs> has gratuitous use of the N-word, all right? Multiple niggas were mentioned in that in that in that chorus. So he brings up this white girl to sing it. And so basically she's going in. She's like, man, down, where are you from? Nigga. Fuck you. No, where are you from? My nigga. And he's just like, and you can hear the crowd booing. And then Kendra's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then she's like, oh, I was just singing the songs to, to singing the words to your song. I didn't know what it. And he's like, "You can sing the song, but you gotta bleep out one word." And she's like, "Oh, oh, did I say that one word?" She's like, "Yeah, it is." Oh, I'm sorry. So she sang it again. She bleeped it out, but she kind of lost the momentum and like, yeah. So my thing was like, normally I would say, "Yeah, white people, you can't say the n word and all that stuff," but like in this scenario, when you're like a 20 year old, whatever you know, college student, whatever you are, you are on stage with the biggest rapper on the planet, you you listen to this guy religiously and you have thousands of people watching you, you're not thinking straight. So I'm not excusing her use of the word, but at the same time, it's like, what did we expect? Like, it's the words of a song. You're singing in front of thousands of people. You're geeked out of your mind, right? You might even be drunk. Who knows? And your favorite rapper, your favorite artist is staring you dead in the face to sing the song along with them. So again, not excusing it, but I didn't expect you to bleep it out. So I'm kind of torn on this, to be honest. Um, Danica, what do you think about this? I'm not torn on this. Really? At all, eh? <laughs> I think that if you're a white woman and right. you like Kendrick and, you know, you're used to singing along his songs at home. Right. You should, even if you're alone, you should be bleeping that out. You should be in the habit of bleeping that out. Really? Like, like even if you're alone. Even if you're alone. Because I think at that point, no one can control what you say at that point. I'm not encouraging it, yeah. but, like, when you're alone, it's like, what have you got to lose? I think if I was in her situation, I would still be very cognizant of right. it out. I, I, especially in front of a whole crowd. Like, that's yeah. Crazy. Like, that's, you have some guts to go through. Right. Because, like, my thing was, like, because when I, I watched the tape itself, and I think when she was singing the song, like, I could be wrong, but when I listened to her saying nigga the first time, I think she said, said it very quietly just to 
kind of measure how the audience would feel, and then she because no one said anything. They were like, yeah, yeah whatever, right? Yeah. And then she said it like loudly, and everyone's like, oh, boo, boo. So I almost feel like she was pranked in a sense. You know what I mean? It's like like Kendrick was like, yo, watch, watch. You about to get this back in the same nigga? Watch this, watch this. And she said, niggas like, ah, we got it, we got it. It's like, okay, okay, yeah, let me stop it real quick. Yeah. So it's just like. I, I get it. I, like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to hear a white person saying nigga next to me, whether it's in a song or the quote or something. Like, see that? Like, if you have to say that by yourself, then so be it. But I just feel like, what did we expect at this moment? And it's like, I feel like Kendrick, out of the million amount of songs that he has in his repertoire, he could have chose something else. Like, you chose the one song that had nigga, 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 nigga repeatedly in the hook. He could have chose Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. We could all say bitch. You know what I mean? Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Whatever. We can say that. Hey, right, right? <laughs> but, like, come on. Like, where you from, nigga? Fuck who you know. Where you from, my nigga? Like, come on. Like, we, you could have chosen a better song. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I think, A, he could have chosen a better song. Yeah. But, B, she could even have subbed in a new, a different word, like, winner. Or what did they say? Winner. <laughs> Jigga or something. I don't know. Just something. Where you else. from, winner? <laughs> Fuck you, no. Where are you from, my winner? <laughs> on the Uber, on the way here, they're playing that new Chris Brown song, and that's what they subbed in with Winna. So I'm like, all right, really, yeah. Winna or Jigga or something. Oh, man. I don't know, man. Like, it was, to me, at the end of the day, it was kind of a lose-lose situation because yeah. she loses by saying the N-word, of course, and then kind of Kendrick loses because he... It almost looks like he set her up to fail. It almost looks like it. Yeah. And you know, I, I love Kendrick. I, I said that like 10 minutes ago. I love Kendrick. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you could have chosen a different song, my guy. You could have chosen something different. But it is what it is at the end <laughs> of the day. Like, I, like, I'm, she's not a race. I don't think she's a race. She's just some young, dumb teen or college student or whatever who just got caught up in the moment. It is what it is. Like, no harm, no foul on my part anyway. But, like, I felt like it's a lose-lose situation either way. Like, it's a double-edged sword at this point. Like, there's nowhere, no way where you could go at this. At the end of the day, if you could rewind time, Kendrick chooses a different song. She sings along to it. Everyone's vibing out, and everyone's happy. She gets to text all her friends, be like, oh, that guy, I was at concert. <laughs> now she got to be like, oh, shit, yeah, I was in concert, and uh, yeah, something happened, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I voted for Obama, if that makes it you feel better. <laughs> oh, man. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, watching at home, cool cats and cool kittens, what do you guys think? Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. Now, second topic we got to get into. Speaking of black people, uh, my man Childish Gambino is in the news, not just because of This Is America, which is still making its rounds right now, but because of This Is Wakanda. And what I mean by that is he is rumored to be in the sequel for Black Panther 2. Now, these are just rumors, mind you, because we haven't heard any confirmation of Ryan Coogler signing on for the sequel, but the producers of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige and Nate Moore, they're like, no, we want Coogler back. We want, obviously, because it just made a bajillion dollars, right? <laughs> like, it made all the vibranium, basically. <laughs> so they want him back, and um, there may be a little bit of a correlation because Coogler actually credited uh, Childish Gambino as a contributor to the first film because he added in some input on what certain characters should say at certain moments. Like he added a lot of the dialogue for what Shuri, the character Shuri, was saying, like the uh, the what are those and like all yeah. the comedic commentary. So like he had some input on that. So while it is a rumor, I think it would be cool for him to be in the sequel. My thing is when it comes to Marvel Studios in particular, they're very meticulous on continuity as far as like what characters fit into which narratives and how they cross over into this movie, like how Thor crosses over into Doctor Strange, for example. So they want to keep everything consistent. And 
Gambino was already in a Marvel Studios movie. He was in Spider-Man Homecoming, and he played a char- I can't remember the, the character's government name, but in the comics, his character is known as Prowler, and he's actually the uncle of the new Spider-Man, the, the, the black one, the Miles Morales Spider-Man. So if they include Gambino in the new Black Panther, some people might be like, oh, is he going to play that character? Like, what's happening? And, and you know, there's a lot of hardcore you know fans of these types of properties, right? So you want to make sure you kind of you know, respect their intelligence, so to speak. But at the same time, if he is playing a different character, I'm down for that too because Gambino is my favorite all-around artist personally. Um, But, Danica, what do you think about the possibility of him being in the sequel? I agree with you. I love Gambino. I think Mm -hmm. he is, like, a triple threat. Yes. Super talented. Yes. Anything he touches turns to gold. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand the concerns with, you know, he was in this movie, might kind of mess up the storyline a right, bit. Right, right. I don't know. I feel like the writers of Marvel, they're, they're pretty talented. They can find a way to just weave him in and make it work. I feel like they could. Yeah, I definitely feel like they could. At the end of the day, nothing's really confirmed as of yet, so we'll see how it happens. And with what happened in Infinity War, you know, you, there's plenty of opportunities to you know, do certain things differently. I'll, did you ever see Infinity War? Or no. I didn't. Okay, so I won't say any spoilers there, just out of respect, because <laughs> okay. you might want to go see that movie later on. Um, Black Panther's in it, by the way, so yeah, you're oh, good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're good, you're good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, based on what happened at the end of that movie, they might change some things around, potentially, we'll see. But yeah, like, there's just the continuity thing. Like, you got to keep that in mind as well, because unless if he plays a character that's like, let's say like an alien, for example, he's doing like voiceover work for, for that particular character, then you can make it work because it's two completely different characters. But then if not, then it's just like, eh, like the, 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 the hardcore nerds might, might go into full revolt mode and be like, eh, then he was this character in that movie and he's in that one in that movie so what's happening right now? It's just like, like you never, you like, you don't want to get that, that kind of press because like it's, it's kind of like an annoyance at that moment. But either way, I'm here for it. Like I have, a few ideas of mine as to who he could play that's related to the Black Panther comics because I've read a few of those back in the day. Uh, not back in the day, like, like, like six months ago, let's be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> like back in the day, right? Like I never found out about Black Panther like 2011, basically. But um, yeah, like there's a few characters that I have in mind that he could potentially play. But at the same time, what they could also do is they could make what's called a non-canon character, which means a character that's not related to the original chronology of said comic books. And that's the same thing that they did with Sterling K. Brown, the guy who played in Jobu, um, T'Challa's uncle, Kamala's dad. He was never a character in the original Black Panther comics, basically. They made him a plot device to drive the narrative, basically. So that works perfectly, exactly. as we knew yeah. in, in that film. So even if they do something like that, I'm here for it as well. Either way, I'm here for Gambino, yeah, right? Same. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm curious to see what they'll do. Like, Marvel, like, they, they have my money, and, like, they have my direct deposit information. <laughs> like, the minute a trailer comes out, it's, like, 20 bucks out my account. It's like, right. oh, right, okay, I know what's happening. <laughs> we're cool, we're cool. Yeah, so I'm good for it either way. Man. I'm curious to see what could come out of it. Um, if he were to be a character in Black Panther 2, would you be curious to see if he would be a native of Wakanda or just any immediate African native in general? Or would you just want to see him play his American self? No, definitely not his American self. Right. I think that he's just so talented that he can play, you know, maybe he's from where Mbaku's from. Right, or like the like, Jabari area. Exactly. Yeah. I think he would be really cool being like a, a nemesis, or at least an initial nemesis. Yeah, and that's part of the rumor as well. Like, he's rumored to be a potential villain in the film as I well. I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. Like, there's one character I have in my mind who's from the comics that I can definitely see him playing just because of his quirky attitude and what have you. Um, but yeah, like, I definitely could see him as a villain, and I would definitely love to see his take 
on a natural African dialect, whether it's Swahili or Osa, like anything like that. I'd be very curious to see how he could pull that off. And I believe he could because like he's that good of an actor. And like I just remember seeing Chadwick Boseman pl- pulling that off when he was in Captain America Civil War, where he actually made the character film debut of Black Panther. And it was to the point where I was watching it with my dad and he's like, He's like, oh, is he a Nigerian? I'm like, <laughs> wow. He's like, nah, he's 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 black American. He's like, ah, nah, he's good, dude. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like, I I definitely believe that he could pull it off, most definitely. Nice. Yes, and I have Black Panther on Blu-ray right now, and I've watched it at least twice now. Is it out? Oh yeah, it came out last week actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it came out. It came out digital release on uh, May eighth, I think. So that's like iTunes and Google Play and all that, and then Blu-ray on May fifteenth. I need so, to get on that. Trust me, I got on that hardcore last <laughs> week. Like, I got like the special edition. So it's like you have the Blu-ray, which is like it's like 4K, or whatever, and then also you have another disc in there, which is like behind the scenes footage, outtakes, uh, commentary, like uh, like a roundtable discussion with like Ryan Coogler and all the the past writers of the Black Panther comics. So like Tanya Hesey Coates is one of them, and then you have another guy named. Uh, uh, Christopher Priest, who who wrote the one back in the nineties, all that stuff. Like, so I haven't gone to that yet, but I will in, in due time. Yeah. But and that one you can also download as well, so you can download it onto your TV or your tablet and all that stuff. So, yeah, what kind of forever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, NASA. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, what do you guys think at home? Um, do you believe that? Gambino has a pivotal role to play in Black Panther 2. If he is casted for that, let me know. Hit me up at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Actually, no, cool radio CC. Pardon me. Cool radio CC. Recent handle. Recency bias. I get it. Um, on multiple platforms. Let me know what your thoughts are on that. And final topic for Trip Talk. This is where we get a little political now with this oh. one. All right? We're going to change it up a little bit. So. The, uh, let's see here. Okay, yeah, here we go. So, there is a, an NBA player who goes by the name of Sterling Brown who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. So he's a rookie. And he was recently arrested by police uh, this past week. And it was a wrongful arrest, and it leads to physical assault as well by hands of the police, unfortunately, which we've now become accustomed to today, you know, unfortunately. But basically what happened was he was illegally parked in a handicap area and basically... A couple of cops rolled up on him. I think it was two at first, and then it became five cops based on the dash cam footage. And they were asking him, where are you going? It's late at night, et cetera, et cetera. Like the typical you seem lost boy kind of questions, right? So they tried to detain him, and then he's basically saying, what are you detaining me for? Like, I'm breaking like a small law. Just give me a ticket and let me be out my way. And he's an NBA rookie. He could pay that ticket no problem, right? But they were giving him a hard time, and then they end up pinning him to the ground. They tased him. And all this was recorded on the, the dash cam footage. So basically, uh, shortly afterwards, the Milwaukee Bucks as an organization put out a statement that what happened to their player was was wrong and it was unjust and that they support that player 100% with any legal action that he wants to take, which he will be taking legal action. And then, pardon me, the Milwaukee Police Department issued out an apology and that the police officers will be disciplined accordingly, like we know what that means. And also the NBA got behind the player as well. The NBA as as an entire uh, association got behind uh, Sterling Brown as well for what happened, basically. So he's got a lot of power behind him uh, in this scenario. But what do you think about about the story? Like, Like, what's your reaction? I think it's sad, but I also think it's not unexpected. Mm -hmm. I feel like these situations is kind of just 
it happens, it ends up on the internet, mm-hmm. causes controversy, yeah. wash, rinse, repeat. I think it's really sad right. where things are, especially in the United States right now. Like, yeah, it's, really sad. it's bad. It's a war zone out there. It's almost getting to the point where everyone is just becoming desensitized to it. It's like, oh, another black man assaults, another black man killed, another black woman ridiculed, another black woman arrested for having a wrong taillight or whatever the case may be. It's like, yeah, we've heard it all before. It's the wrong attitude to have because these are our lives. Like, we can't even go out in public. Like, it's to the point where if we're having barbecues in the park, we're going to have Becky call the phone and be like, oh, <laughs> we're, th- these black people are having a barbecue and there's so much seasoning and, and flavor on the food that my sons can't handle it and they're, they're trespassing and bylaws. It's like, come on. Yeah, like, there's no raisins in there. I- <laughs> 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 Listen, I hate raisins. Not because of, like, white people putting it in everything, but I just hate raisins. Like, if I'm eating, like, cereal and I see raisins, I will take the time to pick out the raisins. I don't care. I'll wake up an extra half hour if I have to. I hate raisins. No, raisins are the devil. I'm sorry. I, I can't deal with it. They're chewy. They get in the way. Like, I I bit my tongue so many times one time. It's just, I just can't deal. I'm sorry. Raisins are yuck. Yucky. Anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> no, but no, I, I agree. Like, basically, like, it's you're, you're in violation of – you know, human rights at this point, right? Because, yeah, he did break the law, but, like, it's not to the point where you needed five police officers to handle the situation. At the end of the day, all that had to be done was for him to write a ticket, issue it to him. That ticket will be accompanied with a fine as well. He pays a fine. That's it. But instead, you have five cops overpower him. And the only reason why they did it is because they didn't know who he was. They didn't know that he belonged to the NBA. They didn't know that he was a professional basketball player because if that were the case, they would have backed off because they didn't want to catch that smoke from the team that he plays for and also the league as well. But lo and behold, they're in that scenario right now. Um, What I want to know is how these officers are going to be disciplined. (laughs) Paid leave, obviously. Right? (laughs) And you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Paid leave. Yeah. They're going to go on a vacation with their taxpayers' money. They're going to go to Bora Bora or Cancun or Istanbul or whatever, (laughs) have a nice little exotic getaway and be like, oh my God, I'm so cultured. And then they're going to come back hating black people and go, oh, Another nigga. Oh, yeah. another nigga. Oh, another, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you said, wash, rinse, repeat, and I hate that. But I feel like if the NBA really presses on this matter, then like some serious repercussions could potentially be made to those officers. And I want that to happen because you can't be flexing your power like that. You're supposed to protect and serve. But when you're abusing your power like that, then who are we to trust as far as law enforcement is concerned? I feel like a lot of these cops are kids that used to be bullied back in the day, mm-hmm. but now that they have the power, now they're kind of turning the table, so to speak. You know, you know what the cops are? I'm sorry to say this, but they're a bunch of killmongers. That's all they are. Basically. They're a bunch of killmongers because <laughs> they got treated wrong when they were kids, and now that they're all grown up, they're all big, bad, and tough, they run by, and they run with the, the biggest gang in America, they feel untouchable. That's what it comes down to. I agree. Cops are killmongers for the most part, yeah. and then you have a future child sprinkled in there and here and there, but... <laughs> That's what it comes down to, basically. But yeah, any any other thoughts with this with this story? I agree. It's an abuse of power, and I also feel like you know we hear about it in the states quite often, but oh, it happens yeah. in Canada too. It happens mm-hmm. in our own backyard. And mm-hmm. It's sad we're de- we're desensitized to it, but especially with like school shootings too. Like yeah. I just feel like there's a lot going on in the world right now, there it and is. like you just have to kind of withdraw. Yeah, in order you for need your to. mental sanity. Yeah, sometimes. you need a form of escapism to like relieve yourself of. What really is PTSD, if you yeah. think about it. Even though we're not the ones directly that are affected by it, we can empathize it because, like, we're human beings. As human beings, we have the power 
or the ability to feel empathy. And when we feel empathy, we feel that person's pain, essentially. So I can only imagine what the people who are actually going through it are feeling right now. And all we can do is help fight alongside them for their rights to live, essentially. Exactly. This is why things like Black Lives Matter are created. And then when you have people who don't understand that, then you have people creating things like All Lives Matter, which really, you're not saying that because you believe all lives matter. You're saying that because you feel like you're excluded out of the conversation and you want to silence our voices with your noise, essentially. So that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And I really hope that uh, Sterling Brown does find some justice in this case because it shouldn't be happening to him or anyone. And that goes to show, especially to anyone who has any any, uh, misconstruities about how certain people are living, what have you. The reality of a black individual in America in particular is all the same. You could be poor, homeless, living on the streets, or you could be LeBron James. At the end of the day, you are still a black man. And anything can happen to you at any point in time. I mean, it wasn't too far. I think it was last year where LeBron James had his home spray painted with the word nigger on it. I remember that. Yeah, and it's just like, that's LeBron James. One of the, probably the highest paid athlete in America. He's a household name. He's a worldwide phenomenon. I mean... That's LeBron James. So if it can happen to LeBron, if that, something like that can happen to LeBron James, imagine what can happen to you or me. It's sad. You know what I mean? And us being black Canadians, it doesn't matter. We could cross over the border. They wouldn't know if we were Canadian, if we had a badge on, 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 our, on our chest or whatever the case may be. It's like, we're black. That's all they see. Like, we're endangered species to them at this point in time. But... It is what it is, unfortunately. It is, really is. Unfortunately. Yes. But what do you guys believe, or what do you guys think? Um, do you think that Steve or um, Sterling Brown will get justice out of this case? Either way, let me know. Hit me up with your thoughts and your comments. Hit me up on Twitter, at DM underscore cool, or cool radio CC to share your thoughts. Now it is time, pardon me, for the Flashback Friday track of the day. And we're about to get a little old school with this little drop right here. And you guys already know, hit me up on Twitter or any social media platform and let me know what you want to hear or So I feel like going back in time to 2001 where things were a lot simpler, we were probably in elementary school at the time, you know, carrying our books in our backpacks and all that good stuff and not really knowing a whole lot when it comes to pop culture. We were just enjoying the vibe that it brought to us, especially when it came to the music. The days where dudes were rocking the headbands, Girls were probably wearing the jersey dresses at this time. It was, it, was, it was good times. It was good times. And this song in particular was my one of my many summer anthems. And this one comes by way of Foxy Brown, and this one's called Oh Yeah. So we're going to play that right now. And when we get back to the show, we have our Wankster of the Week segment to close everything off. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gents. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. I still have the lovely and talented Danica S. Nelson Studios. Say what's up to the people. Hello. Hey, there we go. And we've reached the end of the show. But before we cap everything off, you guys already know that I have that segment ready for you, lined up, prim, and proper. So on that note, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery? This week, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another edition of Wankster of the Week. And let me just turn up that speaker that way you guys can feel it in your eardrums. And here we go. Oh boy, this one was the easy one for me to make. And these guys are always going to be wanksters until they make changes to their ownership and their management and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, no less, the wanksters of the week go to the National Football League for their new institution 
or the new institute of rule of when it comes to kneeling. All right. Now, first of all, I'm not going to call them the National Football League anymore. I'm going to call them the National Plantation League because they have somewhat of a slave mentality nowadays. Now, basically, what happened earlier the week that transpired is the fact that they have now announced that teams will be issued to fine their players if they are caught kneeling during the proceedings of the National Anthem. All right. Now, they try to say that they want to straddle the middle ground, and they said that the players are more than welcome to kneel if they want to do it in the locker room during the National Anthem where all the TV monitors won't be watching, or cameras, rather, won't be watching. Um, and they also said in a statement, Roger Goodell, who was the commissioner of the league, said that they want to make sure, and mind you, I'm paraphrasing, but they want to make sure that there's an impediment for, uh, for players to respect the flag. Now, this is a thing that not only myself, but many other people in the past have had an issue with when it comes to this whole kneeling uh, scenario as far as why they think people are kneeling. People are not kneeling to protest the flag. It's never been about the flag. And a lot of people seem to have this notion that it is about the flag, but it's not. In fact, they're kneeling because they want to protest all the injustices that are happening to black men and women and people of color within America. And they're using the NFL as their platform to do so. Now, let me, guys, let me give you guys some background history when it comes to this paid patriotism by the NFL. In 2009, they signed a deal with the armed forces for $5 million to pay the NFL to broadcast the national anthem, the playing of the national anthem uh, before games. That way, it would inspire and encourage people to enlist in the national forces, basically. So they're using this as a marketing ploy in order to get people to sign up for the military. So this is why I call it paid patriotism. And some people... You know, and I'm, I'm talking about the fans now, the so-called fans. They're saying how they don't want politics to be in place during the NFL. They just want to watch football. They want to watch their guys run and score touchdowns and everything. They don't want any politics in it, and they don't want to hear about any type of shootings or anything like that. Well, it's funny that you're saying that because by televising the national anthem and being mad that people are protesting, I mean, that is politics in its own right, isn't it? Politics has to do with the 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 news and the deals and engagements that go on within your country. Every country has a flag that represents their nation and has some deep political meaning behind that. So in essence, politics has already been ingrained in the NFL. I mean, you look at the damn logo, for God's sakes. It looks like a football version of the American flag. You have your stars in the, in, in the logo with the red and white that represent the stripes within the American flag. So I'm sorry, Bobby. I'm sorry, Tammy. But politics has been a part of the NFL Ever since its inception. So this whole, I don't want my politics in there, man. That's bullshit. You just, you just don't want to see black people protest for their rights to live because you feel like you're contributing uh, to their right to not live, basically. That's just your inner guilt speaking for you. I don't know if you've ever been a part of any injustice on the part of you contributing to it. But basically, you are kind of make yourself feel guilty in that attempt. And to the NFL, this is BS at the end of the day because – you're infringing on their First Amendment rights. You're saying respect the flag, but you're disrespecting the flag by not allowing these players to express their First Amendment rights, which is freedom, to, which is freedom to um, free speech. Basically, yes, there can be consequences to free speech, but at the end of the day, you as a league who says that you want people to respect the flag are now impeding on that to your own convenience. I mean, are people respecting the flag when fans, for example, aren't even standing up while they're in their seats? 
are they disrespecting the flag while they're at the concession stands buying a beer or buying a jersey while they're at the game? I guess they're not because they're making your money for you, right? But hey, that's none of my business at the end of the day. And I find it ironic that this announcement was made on the same day that Sterling Brown, that rookie in the NBA, uh, was arrested, or the news broke out that he was arrested for um, for just, just made just for an unlawful arrest. Essentially, he was assaulted and all that stuff. This is the reason why these players are protesting because of injustices like that. And when you completely miss the entire point of why people are protesting, then you become tone deaf and you lack empathy in that regard. So I feel bad for all the NFL players, both the people who are of color and the people who aren't of color, but who empathize and stand by their brothers in a sense, who have to play through this. Now, I get it. They have mouths to feed. They've signed contracts. They have responsibilities. So they, they just have to grin and bear it, I guess. But at the end of the day, as far as the fans, as far as the people who feel strongly about these, about these, uh, about these ideals and all these things that are happening right now, I say you have the power to not watch the NFL anymore. I mean, I know that would be hard, especially if that's your favorite sport. But at the end of the day, if, if you feel like that kind of contradicts and compromises what you believe, then you have a choice to make. I'm not saying you have to make that choice, but I'm saying you now have an opportunity to make that choice if you so choose to. So it'll be interesting to see how the ratings game fares, if it drops, if it rises, if it's plateaus to wherever it's at. But either way, whether it does or doesn't, the NFL was wrong for this. They were definitely wrong for this. And for that, I give them the wankster of the week. Do they deserve this wankster? Of course they do. And I'm going to drop it one more time, just like this. Danica, your thoughts on the matter. I agree with everything you said. I think that how privileged are you to be able to, oh, I want to separate my sports from like my politics. Right. You know, some black people, we don't have that privilege. Nope, like this is, you know, people, football players on the court, off the court, like as soon as they leave the off the court or the field, their lives are at risk because of whatever crazy thing is going on in the political landscape. So. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, like, sports, whatever sports league it is, whether it's, like, team sports, individual, sports and politics have always gone hand in hand. Look at the Olympics, for God's sakes. You're getting people from multiple countries to participate in a two-week event where governments have to sponsor you in order to, to be a part of the event. You look at hockey, for example. Mind you, I'm not even a huge hockey fan. But I remember uh, back in the 70s, they had what's called the Summit Series, and it was um, – big games that happened between Russia and Canada, and that was around the time of the Cold War. So there was so much at stake at that time because of the fact that you had sports being put onto it, you had all these political things that were happening. And then I remember even, well, not remember, but I remember my dad telling me, uh, even when it comes to soccer, for example, when Ghana and Nigeria used to play against each other, there was such a heat of rivalry because there's so many political things that are happening between those two nations. You look at what's happening with uh, with the NBA and how they've been active with like the Trayvon Martin, Martin story and like all these things about uh, injustices within the black community. I mean, sports and politics are forever intertwined. Like so many popular figures that we know in sports have been ingrained in politics. Muhammad Ali, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron James, like you name it. There's a rogues gallery of, of, of talent who have been involved with politics. And to say that you want it separated from sports, 
that's 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 a fairy tale. That's a that's a that's a pipe dream essentially. You can't separate the two. That's like telling Steph Curry not to shoot threes anymore. Like that's their genetic makeup at the end of the day. Sure, there are some players who don't speak on politics, but that doesn't mean that politics isn't a part of the game in general. Like there's so many things that revolve around sports and politics, whether it's whether it's political view, like uh, like social social views rather, uh, commerce, et cetera, et cetera. Politics will forever, pardon me, forever be intertwined in sports. And I feel like that's just kind of like a cop-out way of saying, I don't want to give my time to care about people that don't look like me. Exactly. It's very much a protest to your protest. It's an all lives matter, basically, exactly. situation. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. Uh, nonetheless, we have reached the end of the show. So I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and being a part of the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. And you are more than welcome to come through anytime. My door is always open, most definitely. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm just going to shout out again, Damsel in the Six. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was actually going to ask you for your plugins, actually. Amazing. So Please. I'm going to slide in there. Yeah, slide in the um, DMs, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please follow us, uh, Damsel at the Six, on Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter. And we have a bi-weekly podcast every Saturday. So check us out. We're all about empowering women to effortlessly slay life. Absolutely. I'm going to just hit that cool job for you. Slay life. I, I like that. I saw that picture on, on Twitter, actually. Slay, the slay plan. I think that's what yes, you called it. Yeah. Called I'm it. like, ooh. <laughs> some sass in there. I like it. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. You guys, as you already know, you guys can catch me on multiple social uh, media platforms at Cool Radio CC. Uh, catch us there on YouTube for any clips. Catch us there on SoundCloud for any episodes you may have missed. Uh, catch us there on Facebook for the fan page. Catch us there on Twitter and Instagram as well. Once again, it is your man DM Cool, and Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.